without the genetics. soil. Yeah, the soil. It was soil. And I think, yeah, that sort of thing, it just amazes me why we haven't been taught to find the cause mm. like it is in biodynamics. If you've got a problem, you overcome it by finding the cause and correcting that. And I think that that, you know, agriculturally and well, probably yeah, agriculturally, I believe that that is the greatest contribution that biodynamics makes uh, to participants to get involved with is teaching us how to find the cause of an unwanted symptom and to treat that cause and you don't get the symptom anymore. But I mean, quite obviously, the vested interests are not going to get anything out of um, overcoming symptomatic problems, are they? <laughs> and it just, you know, I think that's the greatest contribution to anyone's thinking when they start thinking biodynamics is track the cause down and fix that. Don't continue. Now how would you track the cause down? You would do it through soil testing or sap testing? Or yeah, soil testing or sap testing. Tissue or testing? Like I've had, uh, I've had people with uh, thistles in the sheep rearing raising country or wool producing country had problem with thistles. And um, I said, well, look, yeah, you don't want to get a soil test or you, you think the soil test cost of the soil test is too expensive. Get yourself a bag of, of uh, magnesium sulphate, manganese sulphate, and um, what was the third one that I knew of was a problem with this, with the lack of it in the soil, that's what the plants yeah. come there to replace. That's right. um, and they did it, you know, just mark the patch, what they put what on, and tools, I mean, the vastest area, just overcome their uh, their problems by treating the ground with the element that they found the the thistles well, made the made them redundant. That's right. That's what what um, the Patterson's curse. Yeah. Just by, by just by fermenting it and putting yeah. it back out. Yeah. Or oh, eight kilos of copper sulfate per hectare yeah. every fourth year. But you can do it with the plant. Itself. Yeah, you can you do it with the plant itself. But I mean, copper sulfate's not that expensive. But still, to be able to do it with the plant and see it become redundant. Yeah. Despite spraying, you know, like and, uh, I homeopathic medicine. But I mean, mm -hmm. uh, to me, that that is is the uh, logical way to overcome our weed problem. Someone passed me a um, a land publication on on to me to read this article of oh, about two pages about overcoming our weed problems, like we're going to ask the government for subsidies to buy the poison, to poison these weeds and this, that and something else, instead of teaching the people... Why is the weed there? <laughs> why is the weed there? Yeah. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, Norrie Pierce, you know, to me, of all of the uh, modern-day writers on uh, about biodynamics, he is the only one who's come up with the what each plant concentrates. Have you read that? Are you aware of that? No. After I actually brought with me my um, weeds and what they tell. Yeah, I'll just find this. What is the title of the book? A Biodynamic Farmer's Handbook yeah. by Nori Pierce. Pierce. 
She's Australian? New Zealand. New Zealand. Um, and you're looking up weeds. Yeah, what they... What they indicate. What they concentrate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, plant concentrate, yeah. Weeds can be excellent sources of minerals and can be prepared in the same way as seaweed mixture above, is what I do. Thistles indicate nitrogen, copper, and silicon deficiency. Bracken, fern, potassium. Comfrey indicates phosphorus, calcium, iron, potassium, and sodium. Alfalfa, potash, nitrogen, and phosphorus. These return these to the soil, I think. Um, yeah. Sorrel, calcium. It's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm studying now plant gestures. Yeah. It seems to be a very big thing within the biodynamic movement is plant gestures. Yeah. And it's, so this, these are, do you do this as a weed ferment or can you just do as an infusion like you did with the phytolaca? Well, this yeah, I, I just made the, yeah, all of them that I've used, I just make them cold, although that's not quite right here. Because I wanted some zinc very quickly, I um, actually chopped the um, or mulched the um, uh, Russian comfrey up very finely mm -hmm. and put a uh, an aerial uh, uh, an air hose down into it from my compressor. Oh, so you don't even and bother to put sugar or molasses? No, no, just, no. Oh, that's no. brilliant. I put the preps in with it. Yeah. Okay. And um, just bubbled it through it for about five or six days. Yeah. But the the zinc, the curl up in the uh, or the curling of the leaves, um, was gone probably forty eight hours after I applied it. Huh. And that was I, I started making um, where we are on the northern rivers, just covered over in tobacco weed. Oh right. Which is a huge shrubs. Yeah. It's well. Oh, it's it's a phosphorus magnificent. And and so I started fermenting it. Yeah. And I give away these big jugs of ferment, you know, yeah. with the tobacco weed. And everybody says, wow, it really, really works. And I said, well, why do you think it's here? It's trying to help you get the phosphorus. Yeah. And it's everywhere here. So It is just, yeah, no, it is the magnificent uh, plant. It really is. And uh, down at, at um, Tokal College, they looked at it as being a pest down there, yeah. and uh, it—it's um, just remarkable the fact that you know they had supered to some extent for a lot of years yeah. down at, on that college area, and um, yet it was the very area where these tobacco weeds came constantly. Tobacco weeds were yeah. were uh, evident on, and I yeah. said, "Look, the phosphorus is not available." So that's it. That's, yeah. And you said the tobacco weed is also very good for zinc. It's phosphorus and zinc. Phosphorus and zinc, yeah. 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 You said it makes yeah. them available. Oh, yes, yeah. And we put it on our gardens now. I yeah. made the ferment. I mean, I made one batch of ferment and sent it into our second year of using it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I did put some molasses into it. Right, yeah, like anything. It just sort like, of gets it moving. At one stage, we used to call it fuzzy brew. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, like anything and everything that you can add to it to increase the activity that exactly. is going on. The life force. That, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just tremendous. But it, uh, I've got a photograph of the uh, 
the reaction of the um, my fish tank. I have that photograph. You yeah. sent it. I love uh, it. Those giant bubbles that yeah. came up on the top. Yeah. Just amazing. Was, just from the preps. Just putting. Yeah, them. like they they I knew they were just about due to redo it. I know it was probably six or eight weeks since I yeah. put the preps in, all of the prep, five oh two to five oh seven. Yeah. And uh, Karen Newby, who worked with me for years and years, she was here and, and um, I said, Look, I'm taking these down to put on the fish. I'd love you to come and take photos and you know, bear out what I know happens. So um, down she came, lifted the lid, and we took a photo, and it was just almost you know, as level as that table. It, I don't know where we even found one bubble. And I just put the preps in it. We went back now at 10 o'clock the next morning when she got here. Down we went, and they sat just, and there were bubbles out. Huge bubbles. Boom, boom, boom. And that was just and the that, preparation, just the. That was your yeah, 502 to 507. Compost, yeah, commonly called the compost preparation. Yeah. yeah. And um, I believe that, you know, what was there had been used, and um, whether it had. It had actually sporated or whatever it had done. Um, it needed renewing. Yeah, 